Welcome, everyone. It's another episode of Play the Kids, sponsored by Roughneck Scars, and we are a part of the Beautiful Game Network. I am Kevin McCamish, and you can find me on Stumptown Footy in the USL show. With me, as always, is Josh Duder, who has the best fourth division soccer takes this side of the Mississippi. How's it going, Josh? Here I am, (laughs) (laughs) providing the best. Fourth division soccer takes. <laughs> this side of the Mississippi, because I don't know what... Maybe there's someone better than you in the East. We don't know. Oh, there might be somebody better than me on this side of the Mississippi, but I'm the best this side of the Great Columbia. Oh, no, no, man. You're, you're, you're selling yourself too short there. Okay. Either way. The Rockies. Anyway, yes. here we All are. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't forget, subscription information is on our website, playthekids.com. If you would like a Play the Kids sticker, uh, DM either myself at PDX or uh, at PDA, uh, PTK Podcast, um, and we'll get you a sticker. I uh, was supposed to get a run out last weekend, but I'm going to do it this weekend, I swear. And I've said that for like a month, and I still have some people I got to get some stickers out too. Um, anyway, so uh, only two more episodes before FC St. Pauli come to town. If you are a fan of FC St. Pauli, go back, uh, listen to our previous episode. Got some good information there on how to get tickets in the away section. Mm-hmm. Um, or just to get tickets in general, uh, general information and stuff like that. So go back, listen to our episode four. That was out two weeks ago. Um, check it out if you're a big FC St. Pauli fan want to sit with those supporters. Um, other stuff, I had intended to talk to Cameron Nollis, uh, Nollis last mm-hmm. night. Um there was a mix-up uh, between uh, the the media people, and uh, I they made me go to the wrong spot uh, later than I should have. So I wasn't able to talk to them, unfortunately. They were very gracious, though, um, provided me audio of the interview. Um, I listened to it. Uh, it was three minutes. It was pretty quiet. I don't think the quality was there um, to put into the show. Also... You know, it was if you if you go to the Timbers, um, you know, look at their recap, uh, read Richard uh, Farley's article. That's it. Kind of goes over what he had said. Um, so hopefully, I get to talk to him this Saturday. Um, I imagine the same mistake won't be made twice. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's no one's fault. And again, they were super gracious, gave me the audio, which I really appreciate. Um, just I'm not going to include it because, yeah, you know, not really. No point. Uh, and T two, we got. We're going to talk about T two real quick. They got two wins in a row uh, away. They followed up that OKC energy away with a home opening win. So both matches we get to talk about are uh, are wins. That's that's kind of unheard of. It's well, <laughs> I mean, I know that again. Last couple of years we've read the table out, and instead of just reading the whole table out, I'll just just I'll just let you know. Uh, T2 are uh, in sixth place. They're above the magic line. I know we're not even we're anywhere close to the end of the season. But I don't think that they were above the line at any point last year. And they already have amassed 10 points. And they only, I think, only got 15 all year last year. So, That's you know, correct. a couple wins away from... Well, how many wins did they have last year? What, the over-under was five. We were totally wrong. I, I thought they'd get over. I think they got three wins last year, maybe? Nope, three three wins is correct. Three wins, ten, uh, 15 total points for the entire 32-game season in 2017. And they're, uh, and they're on what? How many wins already? They've already matched that total with three wins. They have, in, in six games in 2018, already gotten their three wins. They're 10 points. That's two-thirds of the entire season total from last year. Um, so I'm pretty sure it's fair to say they're not going to suck like they did in 2017. It okay. might be it might be a 2015 2016 type of season where they're mm-hmm. kind of flirting with the playoffs, but they end up outside of it by one or two spots. You know, yeah, and and that honestly wouldn't surprise us because there's going to be inconsistencies, and we'll kind of talk about that with okay. the home opener and stuff. But um, you know, I, I, if T2 just sit mid table all season. I think everybody should be very happy with that. To be completely honest, as a as a two club sitting mid table, you know, flirting with the playoff line would be great. If they get in the playoffs, I mean, huge success if they get in the playoffs at the end of the season. And 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 the way they've been performing, you know, you would have every reason to to you know perhaps expect that. I mean, we'll see. It's a long season, uh, like I said, thirty two games, and they've got a lot of stuff to do. So we'll see. But the way they've been playing, if they keep it up throughout the season. There, they will definitely make the playoffs. So, but we don't like to talk about that because we, you know 
expectations, what ends up happening. We get disappointed. Well, we I know. We, we even kind of gave a preseason caveat that we weren't going to talk about results too much. But it's really hard uh, not to when the results are so exciting and they smack you in the face. And they're so contrary to um, last year. So uh, that having been said, two wins in a row. Um, It'll be hard to make wow. it a third. It'll be hard to make it a third, and we'll but we'll see. Okay. When we talk about, we'll talk about Reno a little bit because they're gonna be the next opponent. That'll that game is this Saturday, so it'll be Ooh. the day after this episode comes out. But uh, it's at Merlot, and I really like playing there because it's awesome. Um, here's a here's an interesting factoid stat, whatever you want to call it. Every single season T two has been in existence: 2015, 2016, 2017, and now 2018. They have won the sixth game of the season weird is very strange one of the only wins that they had in 2017 was the sixth game of the season um 2015 i think it was the second win or maybe they also had the third win of the season i can't remember but um our point total right now matches what we had in 2015 which was 10 points through six games but again regardless of how they started or how they finished for whatever reason they always won that sixth game um the flip side of that is that they have never won their seventh game. So <laughs> uh, they lost twice and uh, drew once um, for that seventh game. So we'll, we'll see what happens against Reno. Uh, but anyway, we'll get into the wins real quick. Um, going a little bit farther back, I think it was just after we recorded our last episode, T2 finished up their road trip in Oklahoma, uh, playing uh, away to Oklahoma City Energy, and they beat them 3-0. Um, as comprehensive a performance as I think we've ever seen from t2 it was stellar absolutely stellar and and again that's that's taking it as a as a be on the road uh a road performance um just it was it was uh i, I kind of speechless but it was it was seriously probably one of the better performances i've ever seen t2 uh do for the full 90 um augustine williams he had himself one hell of a game he got two assists and earned himself a team of the week spot through that, so at that point in that game, after that game, he was leading the team with two goals and two assists. Um, before that match, we were talking about Foster Langsdorf a little bit, mm-hmm. and, and how I was like, I'm not impressed with him at all. He needs to improve. Um, well, this was the match where he showed, hey, I'm here for a reason. He impressed. He he showed that he can in fact improve, do well. He got his first career goal, so that was awesome. Um, Lamar Batista also scored his first career goal and in his hometown. Uh, he's from Oklahoma City, so he's able to do that. He converted the PK that we got in the 84th minute to just pretty much seal that deal and, and uh, you know ice the game off. Um, so it was really exciting to see that, to see that both of those guys get their first career goals. Um, other really interesting thing about this game, it was their second consecutive shutout for T2. Third shutout in five games. Um, so half of the games played this season have been shutouts in favor of t2 that's in it that is also really good and it's not even that they just had a a shutout they also prevented oklahoma city energy from taking a single shot on target no shots on target at all Uh, mcintosh didn't have to make a single save and that is the first time in the history of t2 that has ever happened um so not only was the attack like thoroughly on point and focused for 90 minutes the defense was thoroughly on point and focused for 90 minutes. Um, and so both sides, from front to back, they all did absolutely fantastic, which is why it's a very comprehensive performance. If you want to see the best that T2 can probably be, go and rewatch that match 3-0 away win Oklahoma City Energy. Um, the attack had nine shots total. Seven of those were on target. Absolutely fantastic. Babasi, Langsdorf, Williams, Arboleda, all of them really, really good. Fantastic win. Um, and they followed it up with another win, home opener. That one, they made it a lot more difficult than it needed to be. It was mm. a very interesting ending, uh, more exciting than it needed to be. You know, some of those nice terms we want to use it for. Uh, Rio Grande Valley were coming to Merlo Field absolutely winless in their campaign so far. Um, not a bad team by any means. Uh, you know, they, the, the the fact that they scored two goals at Merlo and made T2 really earn their win, you know, proves that they're not a bad team by any means. Um, but they were coming into 
Merlo Field having not yet won a single game. So the expectation that T2 is going to come to Merlo, where the fans are like four feet from the touchline, you know, and people love to go there and, and it's a little, it's a better, more intimate environment than Providence Park. Uh, you know, the, it's fair to expect that T2 is going to win given their previous, previous performances, um, which they did. And, but again, it was, uh, it was, the scoreline was closer than it probably should have been. And the end of the match was more interesting than it really needed to be. But it's a win. A win's a win's a win, right? Right. So, um, performances are, no, I'm sorry. Is that where you're going? Well, I was going to say this is a game where previous incarnations of T2 probably would have not won. Okay. I mean, they went down in the first half. So they went down to goal in the first half. RGV, uh, put away a goal, a header off of a corner kick against the run of play. Um, you know, it, it was not, not they, they, again, they kind of like fell asleep a little bit there. And in, in probably in any previous season, you know, T2 would have fought for it. You know, maybe they come back and get a draw. Maybe the game ends 2-2 or something like that. Um, but but previous incarnations of the team were, would not have done what they did in the second half to get the result, basically. Um, it would have been, they wouldn't have not, they wouldn't have been as dominant and therefore didn't give themselves as much of a cushion to kind of allow that room for when those mistakes happened in the second half, they still got that win. Um, so that is a big difference from what we've seen in the past is that this is a team where they gave themselves that cushion and got the three points, even though things that they didn't want to happen happened. Um, as far as performances, I mean, Langsdorf and Jeremy both scored their second goals of the season. Um, Jack Barmby played uh, the second half. He earned and converted his PK. You know, so those were the three goals we saw. All three of them coming in the second half, uh, 12 minutes between the first and third goals. So that was in a, in a, in a portion of the match where T2 absolutely dominated the game. Uh, this is a team when, when they're on – and and the opponent allow lets them, they will they're like suffocating. They they literally will just hold you in your end. They they pass and they retain the ball, which I've not seen passing accuracy from T two in seasons past, uh, like they've had like they have now. The, the team plays with chemistry. They 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 play well, and and when they are on, my God, they absolutely dominate the other team. Um, it, it was at portions of this game. You're sitting there thinking like the possession must be 110% in favor of T2 because you know, portions of the game again, because you know, they RGV still got two goals, but it was for most part, again, T2 did very, very well. And this was a game where instead of saying the, Hey, they dominated the opponent for 85 minutes, but came out with a loss, they dominated the opponent for, you know, 80 minutes and still came out with the win. So that was good. Did you have anything you want to add before I continue on this? No, I, I was um, just really listening in. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, Langsdorf getting himself a second goal, that's, that's now two goals in two games. Um, that shows he's adjusting, he's improving, and I think finally getting to show why you know he earned himself a homegrown player contract. And and like I had said last episode, this is what I wanted to see from him. Like I was like, I'm not being, I'm not impressed with the way he's been playing. I need to see him score goals. I need to sh- see him, you know, pr- improve his decision making, his positioning, his runs. He's done all of that um, in these past two games, which is fantastic. And, and again, to see Jeremy score goals is also really good because it's two players that are on first team contracts. They are finally starting to show that they can they can score goals and put them away in the USL. And if they keep this up, I will definitely feel uh, very happy about the future of those guys potentially getting up to the first team and putting some goals at the MLS level. It's, it's a different beast up there, so like I want them to make it look easy in USL. Both of them, like I said, both of them should probably spend their season with T2 and just put away as many goals as they possibly can. I What I think we've got going on with Williams, Langsdorf, Abobasi, um, our related is there's a lot of competition and I think those players are pushing each other. And so we're seeing, you know, this improvement, um, because the team is, is in a very good environment, um, a competitive and friendly environment. I think they're building team chemistry. They're wanting, everyone's wanting to score goals. They're playing well. It's, uh, something we have not seen in T2 in their existence. It's, 
it's a completely different way to look at this team. It's like in their fourth season, like they're like they're finally playing like an actual team. You know, we've we've talked about for for I think all of the previous episodes, like how it's a lot of times it's eleven individual players, and a big thing that the team lacks is chemistry and consistency. And there was a little bit of that lacking last night, and I and that was definitely part of the fact that it's a midweek game at home where you know the first team coaches can come and watch and have some of their um, first team players come and play. It's, it's one of those T 1.5 situations. Um, and that was definitely the case because they had uh, Julio Cascante play the first 45 minutes. Uh, Dairon Espria play the first 45 minutes. Um, Barmby came on for the second 45 minutes. Um, so you got those players that are not going to be T2 fixtures um, getting some time. And, that, and especially with Julio Cascante, like, I want to see more of him. I think he's going to be a good defender. But, you know, him and in the first 45 minutes, he allowed, I, he was next to the player that jumped up higher than him to put the header away for um, RGV's opening goal. And mm. I just I think he needs some more time, some more seasoning. Um, but, at, you know, to put a new defender into a defense that was really clicking, I think is kind of a big reason why RGV was able to put away two goals. Um, Batista was absolutely stellar again, um, both at outside back and at center back, um, at the half, Julio Cascante was subbed off. Terrell Lowe was brought in and Terrell Lowe, uh, took the outside back position and Batista moved inside. Um, and other than the fact he got a second yellow and was sent off in second half stoppage time, he was, uh, fantastic the whole game for, uh, Batista was so, there's lots of goods and bads in the game, but overall it's, you know, they got the home opening win, uh, you know, already got three wins in the season to, to tie 2017. So it's all fantastic. I guess. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, cause we're not going to get excited about results, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm excited that, that the team is playing well. It's the, the performances yeah. is what I'm excited about is because, they, like I said, the team is playing with consistency, with chemistry. They're producing res- they are producing results, but the players, you know, playing well and playing together as a team, they're developing well and developing as a team and part of the timber system. And I just think that there's and, – and part of it is probably the different coach. I think Cameron Nolas is doing a very good job. But I think also part of it is there, there might be better communication between the first and second teams now and maybe more integration on on trying to get T2 to play how uh, Gio wants them to play, you know, or like the, the system. Because what you'll see a lot from T2 is since they have the youth and the legs and the speed – that they can play the pressing game that I think the high pressing game that, that Gio wants to play. Um, and it's when it, when it comes off, it's, <laughs> it's really exciting to watch. So would love to see the first team kind of start playing that way. Uh, but we'll see how that goes. A um, couple other things about the match, the crosses of the team were putting into the box were really good. They were really good. Like I I'm like, those are some damn good crosses. Problem is nobody was getting on the end of them. Uh, it's in the first half, especially. Uh, but Batista was sending him some really good crosses. Jimmy Mulligan on the other side, some really good crosses. Um, once the once they got players getting in the right positions and getting into those, getting on the end of some of those crosses, um, of course the the goals come. Terrell Lowe assisted with a great cross onto uh, Foster Langsdorf's uh, goal. The what eventually the, what was the game winner. So you had one academy product to another. That was really good. And Ababasi's really really impressive strike uh, came from I think across into the box and it bounced off of either um, either one of our players headed it back towards back centrally or RGV player didn't clear it. I can't remember exactly, um, but it was. I think it was off of an RG, RGV player because there was no assist on Ababasi's goal. Either way, he was able to hit that close range inside the six-yard box on the volley, um, just kind of like, you know, not like acrobatically, but he was able to hit that on the volley where he's sideways, and he just and he just put it like, like no one's going to stop that. The, ge- the keeper could have been standing in front of it, and he probably could have knocked the keeper back into the net. It was, it was a really good strike. Um, 
And then obviously the most disappointing part about the game is the fact that we allowed RGV to get two goals. Uh, you know, Batista got sent off in second half stoppage time. An RGV player did as well. Both of them were for second yellows. Both Batista and uh, I think Zaldivar was his name, if I remember right. Sounds right. Um, they both had yellow cards in the first half, so they were given second yellows. Um, I don't remember if I had seen a second yellow on Zaldivar. I mean, you can obviously still get a straight red, even if you have a yellow card. I understand that. Um, but the actual statistics of the game state that it was a second yellow for uh, Zaldivar. What, what ended up happening was I, right at the 90th minute, right at the strike of stoppage time, um, McIntosh was going down to collect a ball to prevent a corner kick. And Zaldivar, if that's his name or whatever, he was sliding in to try to get the ball first. It, he, was, he was late. Uh, you know, McIntosh already had hands on the ball, but Zaldivar was sliding in with his studs up. And I don't think – it looked like he had kicked McIntosh in the face, but I think it was actually just a knee that got his, in his face. Because, I mean, if he, would slide, if he was sliding in studs up and caught McIntosh in the face, I think McIntosh would have been bleeding – and that would have been that would have been a straight red card. If he's going in clumsily and late, and and hits him in the face with his knee, um, that's not as uh, dangerous. And so that would be worthy of a yellow card and getting. But still, second yellow, you're off. Um, and then Batista, just because when that happened, both teams kind of came together and started pushing, shove, and I'm sure Batista got in trouble for doing something in the scruff. Um, in the, in the in the kerfuffle and uh, whatever he did, he got himself a second yellow and he was sent off. So not going to see him against Reno, but that's okay. There was a lot of players, uh, T2 players that got rested, I think, for Reno. Um, when you're playing two games across three days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, four days, three nights, four days, um, either way, it's a good time. It, it made sense to bring on some first-team players and rest some of the more key T2 players. Um, you know, Josh Phillips, Nathan Smith, um, Augustine Williams actually even got, uh, didn't play, um, which is kind of sad to see. Cause he's been obviously the best player that T2 has in the first five games. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely critical in, in, in the, uh, good performances T2 had on the road. Um, but that's fine. I mean, give him the rest, let him play all 90 against Reno and yeah. Yeah, maybe we can get, maybe we can get ourselves a, a winning streak going. Well, he made a team of the week for week four, right? Yes, that was because of his two assists at Oklahoma City. Okay, um, that's what I'm saying. I mean, at at that point, he was leading the team with two goals and two assists. Mm-hmm. Now, Abubasi and um, Arboleda and uh, Langsdorf all also have two goals each. That's exciting. So, that's that's great to see. You know, it's really well, it, yeah. All the forward players, all of them have two goals. Mm-hmm. That's good. Our our attacking core is scoring goals. Yeah, it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be fun to watch. Um, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, Nico Brett, former Timber, who also made uh, he made Player of the Week for Week Four, uh, scoring a hat trick for the Pittsburgh Riverhounds against uh, Toronto FC two. So yep. that's. And- Nice for him. Speaking of Toronto FC2, before the T2 match, I was watching Toronto FC2 versus North Carolina, having just realized that both Footy Danzo and Michael Harrington play for North Carolina. Yeah. I forgot. Either I forgot about it or I didn't know that, but either way, uh, it was was fun to see those guys play again. I knew Footy was out there. um, So that's fun. I knew uh, also recently uh, Jazz Hands was in town training. I I don't know if he's still training. Um, so that was, and, and Jorge Perlaza. Yeah. And, and Jorge Perlaza, his, uh, wonderful, um, weave or dread. What did he have? Not dreadlocks, uh, cornrows. They're gone. He's kind of given up the dream. and just has the old man haircut like me. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see other stuff that we want to mention in this game. Um, fun stat T2 had only three shots on goal against Reno. Um, so they scored on every shot they put on a frame. It was fantastic. So the RGV keeper had zero saves, which, strangely enough, funny enough, actually, is the same as the number on the back of his jersey. Ooh. <laughs> it, on the team sheet, his number was listed as 100. But on his jersey, 
during the game, he had zero in the back, and I just thought it funny that the keeper who had zero on his back had zero saves. Hmm. Ha, 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 Carson. You might say numerative determinism. Determinism. I know I know Carson from Switching Place Soccer who covers the Las Vegas Lights and RGV um, for USL is probably going to be listening to this episode. And so okay. that status for him. <laughs> Your keeper had zero saves and zero was the number on the back of his jersey. Ouch. No, Ooh. just kidding. Love you, Carson. Love you, Carson. Um, but yeah, so anyway, and then the other thing that we got to see, we got to see uh, Derrickson, Vuelto. Yes. All of five minutes. I want to see more. Just because five minutes is not enough to have any determination whatsoever. There's, there's, you can barely see the the kid run. So, um, we need to see more of him. I'm sure we're going to see more of him. Sounds like he, we just got the paperwork in pretty recently, and he's working up towards game fitness, um, from what it sounds like. So, I would expect to see him as a sub uh, against Reno, probably earlier rather than later. That would be my expectation. We'll see okay. how that, we'll see how that goes. Um, but I mean, based on five minutes, like I want to see more. Mm-hmm. That's good. I don't want to see less. I want to see more. So how can we see him? <laughs> oh, what, what do we want to talk about that now? We can. Okay. I don't. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> it. This was the first game that T two played. The home game, I should say. The home game at. Merlo Field was the first game that played with the new ESPN Plus deal. Um, so if you're unaware, uh, the MLS has moved, MLS Live has moved to ESPN Plus, and USL Soccer has moved to ESPN Plus. Um, by the time you are listening to this, I guarantee that the free trial offer for ESPN Plus, where you can try it out for a month, um, has expired because it either expired yesterday, the 18th or today, the 19th when we're recording. And I don't know which, but by the time this goes live on the 20th, it doesn't, that's it, a moot point because it will mm. be expired. Um, but yeah, so that costs four ninety nine a month. Uh, so five bucks a month or $50 a year. Um, certainly you can see a lot of other stuff, uh, both MLS and USL. USL has no blackouts. MLS has the same blackouts. So right. it's not going to be useful for you to watch your Portland Timbers. Um, and you can see the uh, English Championship um, and then a whole bunch of like college sports and uh, some baseball stuff, I think. Some other just random kind of things that, that Disney and ESPN are kind of throwing in there. Mm. Um, the quality as far as like streaming um and visually, the quality is fine. You're still going to run into, a specifically USL side, you're going to run into the issues where either the cameramen are drunk or the local announcers are huge homers and don't know about, Dan also don't know about soccer and can't mm-hmm. pronounce a name. You know, they, may, they can mispronounce Smith. You know, you're, you're going to run in problem with the, where the commenters and the announcers are bad and mm-hmm. the camera angles are bad. Um, but the quality is the, the visually the quality is there. So if, if, if a USL club is, has the, uh, ability to, um, produce a good feed with good camera angles and good announcers and, and, you know, not zoom in and out, not jerk around everywhere, uh, you're going to get a real good experience. Um, but any, if you have a bad experience, it's probably not going to be on ESPN side cause they've been doing very well from what I've seen so far. Um, I'm on the month trial to see how it goes. Although I'll probably be playing for it anyway because I have to be able to watch USL. I can't not watch it because I got to cover it for both the USL show and Stumptown Footy. So it's I'm backed into a corner. I have to pay. Um, but you know, Josh, what? How do you feel about it? Because I know you don't have to pay and five dollars a month. And and to be fair, five dollars a month. While some people might say, "Hey, it's a great deal," you got to realize that there's other people out there who are like five dollars a month. I can't pay or I don't want to pay. And, you know, people either just like, well, ESPN sucks, so screw them. Or, you know, there's a lot of people like $5 a month means a lot to their situation. Everybody has different situations. And so people can't do that. So it does suck that there are people out there that are not going to be able to watch USL because of this. Now, can they not watch it all? So are the games being archived only on the ESPN Plus or are they being backed up and archived on YouTube so you can go back and watch, you know, the last match? So if I wanted to go rewatch the last two wins if my curiosity is peaked as a listener now i want to go back and rewatch do i can, can i only watch 
T2 on ESPN Plus, or can I can I go that, watch full matches on YouTube? That's actually a good question. Uh, you can watch full matches on YouTube still. Okay. Everything prior to April 12th, both for MLS and USL, um, prior to April 12th, that's all the same as it was before. So with USL specifically, everything that was on YouTube is still on YouTube. After April 12th, um, ESPN will have highlights. Uh, I think the highlights might also be on US, on YouTube, but you have to wait either 24 or 48 hours. Mm. And then full match replays will be on ESPN Plus for seven days. After seven days, after a full week, then they will get moved over to YouTube. Oh, okay. So, so. you can watch USL for free and be a week behind everybody else. Mm-hmm. Which, su- which sucks because it's live sports. Yeah. That's yeah. that's that is not fair and why I don't particularly co- you know that's not something you can really claim like oh you can of course still watch USL. But if you're a week behind then what's the point? You know, because yeah. if you're that into USL, then you're going to know the result. And that and that really kind of sucks yeah. to watch a game and know the result if you actually want to watch it and enjoy it. Um well, it sounds like I'm just going to have to drop the, the $5. It's yeah, it's if it's a burden for some people, that's unfortunate. Um, but it sounds like my Bundesliga and Bundesliga uh, two seasons are coming to an end. So I'm going to go ahead and cancel my Fox match pass and start up my ESPN plus to keep up with the USL and MLS. That's that'll be my plan. Yeah, and that works. I mean, and again, everybody's going to be different. Everybody yeah. has different situations. Um, my situation is that I thankfully have the ability to afford $5 a month. Um, I am testing out ESPN+. Plus. Uh, I was using it to watch Toronto 2 versus North Carolina, and you know it, the quality was, was pretty fantastic, I have to admit. Mm. Audio and video was pretty spot on. Um, Iron Pony Chef. Uh, one of our his name's his name's Evan. He's on the USL show, but he goes by Iron Pony Chef. Look it up on Twitter. Uh, he was testing out the limitations of ESPN Plus by watching as many consecutive matches at the same time, and I believe he got up to four. Maybe That's not bad. Maybe five, but I think at four he started to have problems. Mm. So. You know, you, you you can probably be safe to watch, you know, like in a different tabs on your browser, mm-hmm. two, two or three games without without real issue. And at that point, like, you know, so if you've got the Internet speeds, you're probably going to be OK. It'll be really good. Um, so, you know, there's both pros and cons, um, but I'm liking it so far. Personally, okay. I like it. so far. OK. And, and I can watch the MLS matches, too, I because I, I didn't have MLS live because that was I, I felt that the price to pay for that was. Uh, excruciating, mm-hmm. and the blackout would not gonna lot not gonna let me watch the Portland Timbers anyway. So that was a waste of seven dollars seventy dollars a year. This is a little bit cheaper, and again, I need it, so I'm gonna get it anyway. Mm-hmm. But having it means I can watch. It's as easy to watch USL as it was on YouTube. Maybe slightly easier because I don't have to go through a bunch of other YouTube videos. Um, I get distracted. You know, you know how it is. Mm-hmm. And then I also get to watch other soccer too. If I had the time, I don't have the time, but if I had the time, I would be able to watch more soccer. <laughs> well, I'll check it out. I bet there's something there for everybody. If you're into soccer. So, yeah. Um, next match. Uh, let's, I want to talk about players cause everybody's interested in how players oh. specifically did. So, okay. um, quickly, like I mentioned earlier, above a C, uh, scored another goal. That's what I want to see. Uh, he's a he's a striker. He deserves MLS minutes. He did very well in the 315, 17 minutes he got last season. Um, and the more goals he puts away at the USL level uh, is the better chance he's going to have of returning to get more MLS minutes. So he's doing well. Uh, both of his goals have been pretty fantastic. A, a good header, um, cleaning up his own rebound, and then last night's uh, pretty wonderful close-range strike. So he keeps it up. Uh, what I've seen from him is good runs. He's made, he's in good positions, and now he's adding to that the ability to finish. So that's good to see. He'll, he gains more confidence. He'll put away more goals, and then we'll probably see him uh, in, in MLS before too long. 
So um, other players you guys were definitely going to want to keep an eye on. Lamar Batista, he continues to impress. Got his first career goal in his hometown versus Oklahoma City, as we would mentioned. Um, he's also been very defen- uh, stellar defensively. Uh, he's getting forward as an outside back and putting in really good crosses. And, you know, as someone who I think was developed as a center back and then whatever the reason he's trying to be playing on the outside back, whether it's necessity or an experiment or they want to develop him as that going forward, uh, whatever it is, it's working. Um, I like it. So despite the second yellow um, for defending his keeper, I'm not going to dock him for that at all. Uh, he'll get to rest when T2 come to, t- or when Reno comes to town. So I'm sure he'll be right back into it after that, uh, continuing to develop and fan- being fantastic. So you won't see him against Reno, but the next home game when Sacramento come to town, you'll probably see him and keep an eye out because he's, one of the better defenders in a very good defense so far, which is something I don't think I've said about T2 in four years. (laughs) We have a good defense. Uh, Eric Williamson, also another player you got to keep an eye out. He uh, continues to shine in uh, midfield. I believe this was his fourth start of the season or fourth appearance. I can't remember. Um, Either way, he is doing very well. Um, Credit to Chris Reifer. Um, he likes what he sees, saying that Eric Williamson is at least 50% of the reason why this T2 is better than 2017. Um, have to agree with that. I don't know if it's 50%. Yeah. Or 50% or more. That's what Chris Reifer said. And I'm like, he is mm-hmm. very good. He's been very solid in the center of the pitch. Um, and to get, like, these are his first professional minutes because I think before this, he was an academy player with DC. Um, and then was with the under twenties, which I guess that's a professional environment, but um, that's, that's silly of me to say that it wouldn't be a professional environment. So never mind. But anyway, still, he's a good player and continues to develop. Um, I think he's going to be a very key player for our midfield throughout this season. Um, he is a, on a first team contract because he's a homegrown player for us, even though he was an academy player in DC because MLS can trade homegrown player rights. Love you, MLS. Um hmm. So, again, he'll probably spend almost the entire season with T2. Keep an eye on him. Um, he's number 30? <laughs> yeah, his, he's 30. Zambrano is 40. Um, watch out for him in the, middle, in the middle of the pitch. I think in the earlier time I saw him in the, some of the games, he was playing more as an attacking midfielder. This game against Oklahoma City – or, uh, I'm sorry, RGV, he was actually playing more um, centrally. Like, not advancing forward – more like an eight kind of box to box, but pretty much was there to distribute um, and retain possession and, and kind of control the tempo in the center of the pitch. Um, and he did a really good, really good job with that. Very exciting to see. Um, and then finally, the other player I want to highlight, you know, shout out Fasha Langsdorf, two goals in two games. And as I said before, I was very critical of him last episode. He obviously didn't listen to the episode whatsoever, <laughs> just went out there and did his thing and he's turned it around. Um, in two games, getting goals. He's looking better. Um, he definitely still needs to develop. I would be shocked to see him play in MLS this season at this stage. Um, but if he continues to develop and keep this trend going, then anything's possible this year and certainly going forward. Um, yeah, I think he can earn or, you know, be one of a, a, someone who's like, hey, here's our second homegrown player who then can actually wait, make the first team like Farfan did be fantastic um, because he is the best striker to ever come out of Stanford ever. No other striker to have ever come out of Stanford is better than Foster Langsdorf. So he just needs to show just how mm-hmm. good he can be. I didn't know that there ever was a professional football player that came out of Stanford um, other than Foster Langsdorf. Yeah. I can't think of anybody else. that none. came out of Nobody, nobody. A- anyway, none that are currently playing anyway. Nobody worth talking about. Mm-mm. Nobody worth thinking about. <laughs> just other worthless players that probably shouldn't. Mm. Should, they should probably just quit playing soccer. Honestly, just quit playing soccer altogether. Because sure. just you're just gonna embarrass yourself. Foster Langsdorf is better. Best player coming out of Stanford. That's all I can say. Can't say anymore. Not gonna say anymore. Because you're not worth my time. Even though we're kind of talking about you, sort of More, almost sub- longer than <laughs> Foster Langsdorf. That's, that's true. I'm subtweeting in real time, right? Is this how it works? I don't know. Anyway, 
Uh, <laughs> we've got some time left. So, Josh, did you want to squeeze in any PDX FC news, fourth division stuff? Oh, I wanted to get to, yeah, I've got some stuff to throw down. Um, I just wanted to talk about Reno 1868. Uh, they're in last place for what that's worth this early in the season with one point. They, uh, I'm, were... going to, I'm going to get there. Are you? Going, okay. Yes, we'll okay. get there on the next two home games. Okay. So so PDX stuff or fourth division stuff, you get that in, and then we'll finish off by telling people what's coming up. Okay. You can you're gonna edit out <laughs> this part of it. No. <laughs> I don't edit. <laughs> I don't edit anymore. They get oh. the whole show. <laughs> well, pardon moi. That's okay. Um let's do it. So let's start with the four. We've got four Oregonian fourth division teams, and I'll start with uh, FCM Portland. They open their season at OSAFC in Seattle, um, and then their first home match is May 19th at 7 p.m. versus PDX FC at Buckman Field. Um, of course, mentioned uh, last pod, I think, former Timber product Stephen Evans, um, he played for PDX FC last year and now is going to be lacing up his boots for FCM Portland. Um, for Lane United, uh, they opened their season May 14th versus TSS FC Rovers. Um, but before that, they have uh, one last set of tryouts and they are on April 21st. So I believe that's this weekend, like in a couple days here on Sunday. Uh, there's a oh, $60, yeah. $60 registration fee. Uh, it'll be at the Les Schwab Sports Park. Uh, there's going to be two sessions from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. and then from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Um, registrants must participate in both sessions. So just kind of a three-hour lunch break, I guess, and recover and get some fluids. Um, and so some, some participants from that two session, uh, tryout will be invited back for a May 4th friendly versus Northwest Christian university. Um, and you must pre-register. So if we're recording on a Thursday and this should drop on a Friday, you might hear it on a Saturday. Uh, you know, worst case scenario, you better hit that lane United website and try to register as soon as you hear this, um, because there'll be no walk-ups allowed. Um, Timbers under 23s, they open their preseason April 28th versus Twin City Union at 7 p.m. This is not at McCullough Field. Instead, it's going to be uh, across town. Check their website for location and ticket information. It'll be um, hosted by Vagabond Brewing. Beer will be served at the preseason event, um, and tickets are reasonably priced. Um, so go and have a participate in that preseason party. They open their season against TSS FC Rovers um, up at Swan Guard on May 18th at 7 p.m. But before that, uh, Timbers under 23s will play in the U.S. Open Cup versus Kitsap Pumas in Salem May 8th at 7 p.m. Uh, last and certainly not least, uh, PDX FC. Uh, their preseason match is April 28th at 4.30 p.m. versus Washington Premier FC. Um, that The name of that team might have changed from the last time I uh, talked about this um, because they merged with a with a, two different clubs merged. So it's now Washington Premier FC. And um, they opened their season, of course, May 12th at Concordia University's Hilton Community, Community Stadium um, first Kitsap Pumas. Nice. And then my whole family will be there for that opening. So cool, cool. Oh, um, that will so, be – I look forward to it. Absolutely. Now, I also forgot we actually – I was just checking questions. We have a lot of questions. Um, so I would like to try to get to some of those before we need to go since okay. we have 18 minutes left. Um, so real quickly – uh, I you know, apologize to kind of cut you off there, but um, we've got two home games coming up before the next episode. So the next two games we'll talk about will be the game this Saturday versus Reno 1868 FC. That's at Merlot Field. And then Wednesday, May 2nd, uh, we'll be taking on Sacramento Republic at Providence Park. Um, both are going to be much better opponents in quality than Rio Grande Valley. Um, so Reno, they have yet to win a game. 
like RGV, but mm. they definitely have high quality players on loan from San Jose, uh, such as Chris Weehan in midfield. If if Chris Weehan plays, uh, Reno are extremely dangerous. If he doesn't, they are less dangerous. So uh, we'll need to see what his status is ahead of Saturday's game. Um, their last game, Reno got blown out 4-0 at home by Colorado Springs, mm-hmm. who, you know, Colorado Springs is a mid-table team, playoff bound likely, but they're not top. They're not like going to be a top of the West type of team. So <clears throat> the hope is we can win this game against Reno if they got blown out four nil. Uh, can't take them lightly though. They will put up at least as much of a fight as RGV did, if not more. Mm. So it's gonna it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tough one. It's gonna be one where T two uh, can't really afford to make mistakes. They need to stay focused. Mm. Um, if they can do that. You know, it's at Merlot Field. There's no reason to think they can't win and take all the points. Um, but like I said, Reno, not to be taken lightly, and anything can happen because it's soccer. Uh, they also gave up four goals uh, their opening night to uh, Swope Park Rangers. Um, they also scored three goals that night. Uh, so they have the capacity to score, but I think their defense is a little soft. There's a good chance if if everything's clicking for T2. Um, yeah, as long, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. As long, if our attack is clicking and our defense stays focused, we should win mm-hmm. if we make mistakes or lose focus. I mean, Reno can get goals. They can give them up too, as we've seen. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it might just be a high scoring affair and whoever gets the most goals is going to win. But yeah. <laughs> you can say that at any game, right? Whoever yeah. gets the most goals goes home with three points. That's kind of how the sport works. I know we're pressed, <laughs> we're pressed for time on some uh, issues. I just wanted to say that this would be a nice homecoming for Brent Richards. He's going to be coming back to play here. Uh, oh, yeah. Seth Casiple is also on Reno 1868. I don't know how much time he's getting if, if we'll see him on the pitch. I think um, he's been starting. I think both yeah. of those are starting players. Yeah. And then um, Christo uh, Michelson, um, for those Timbers under 23s fans and Lake Oswego, um, Lake Oswego fans, Christo is a hometown boy, um, played for the Timbers under 23s um, and made it all the way to USL. So um, this is, you know, a big deal. It's, it's great to see uh, a guy that I went out to Salem to go cheer for last year. Um, he's going to be coming in as a, you know, a professional, uh, professionally paid player that's bringing home a paycheck to, to do something he loves. So uh, oh, cool. a shout out to Christo. Awesome. Sounds good. Um, and then, like I said, uh, after that will be Wednesday, May 2nd against Sacramento. Um, Sacramento are still good this season, um, undefeated. They are 3-0-0 at home and 1-0-2 and on the road. So one win, two draws on the road, uh, undefeated, uh, all the wins at home. Um, so without a single loss yet this season, it will be a challenge to win. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing that T2 can't handle. Uh, especially what they've shown this season. Um, it's going to basically be another great opportunity to kind of test where T2's at. Very similar to the Monarchs game, you know, Monarchs being easily top two in the West. Sacramento's probably up there top four or five. Um, and this will be at home. So, you know, T2, again, if they play at their best, they can win. They can play against anybody. Um, but if they lose focus, Sacramento's a team that will punish them and and they'll they can get a win or a draw on the road. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so some questions. Uh, a lot more than I thought I had. Um, we'll get into this, go through as quick as we can. So Harry, who is a good listener of ours and listens to probably every podcast, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure he's still got the love appreciate appreciate it harry um so with geo there has been a change in how t2 is managed results are a lot better than last year that's true there's no real question that i think we're just going to agree with you harry yes Yes, the results are obviously much better and it is being managed differently um which is why i really wanted to talk to cameron but i didn't get that chance so hopefully we'll see Mm. um siri asks uh what do you think has made the difference this year and that's a very good question. Oh, well, I mean, I think Harry kind of hit the nail on the head. So from the from top down, top down leadership has changed. Yeah. Um, so there's a new there's a new guy in charge. I think we we talked about how Cam must have impressed last year as an assistant um, to get you know to get to uh, the reins of T two. So I think um, yeah, coaching. I think it's a, a culture shift. And and to go in a little bit more detail, 
Cameron Nolis is a player who has been with the Timbers organization as a player and a co- as a coach for a long time. His predecessor, who is still with T2 as an assistant coach, um, he had played for the Timbers as a as a uh, player, had been as, there as an academy coach, but he also played for Seattle, also played for Vancouver, um, kind of a Cascadia whore, you know. Um, so not saying his loyalties were elsewhere by any means, just saying he's not someone who's probably been as ingrained in the culture and of this club throughout its kind of 21st century existence, you know, 2001 to now. So that's a change to have a coach who's like, this is a, this is a kind of the club, the only club I've known for the past, you know, decade or so um played played for t2 in the usl i've been an assistant coach um you know developed under porter and um sean mccauley now i'm kind of getting some some pointers from from a really great coach in giovanni savarese um he's off i mean he himself with the way t2 has been playing obviously knows what he's doing too so he's got a good coaching mind um but yeah i mean this huge i think is, is definitely the coach uh that's made the most change and He's bringing in a better environment, I think, for the players to develop in. He's providing consistency in an environment that is inherently not consistent, um, which that in itself is kind of an achievement. Um, and getting the players to develop in a culture where they can win, learn how it, learn what it's like to win, learn what it's like to lose, deal with both, you know, and and bring them up into the system that the first team staff want. Uh, them brought up in so yeah i mean it's definitely gonna be the coaches it's it's fantastic really overall um she also asked how many wins three of course the same as 2017 <laughs> wink wink right back at you um and john uh who's also you know huge uh, listener of ours love you john um how nice was it to be back at merlo um fantastic really i love merlo and while the facilities aren't the same as Providence Park, the grass was absolutely pristine in the sunlight yesterday. Um, I don't like the sun. The sun comes shines directly on the press box, and that kills me in the first half of every single game I watch there. So there's pros and cons, but again, like you probably have the same amount of people that show up to Merlot Field as you do Providence Park, but it's so much closer to the field, so much more intimate that it just feels like more people. It feels better, and I think T2 performs better on the grass at Merlot field than they do at Providence park, but to each his own. And I mean, we get seven more games at Merlot field, you know, nine total at Providence park, eight total at, uh, at Merlot. So I'm cool with that. I mean, I'm yeah. happy to go back. Um, he was also asking who were the dudes Merritt Paulson was walking around with um, first team coaches. All the entire first team staff were there. Um, Merritt, Gavin, uh, Mike Golub, and Gio and all the assistant coaches, everybody was there uh, to watch that game uh, last night. And I happen to be sitting next to all of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so quotes, you know, stuff there. We'll just kind of keep it there. Um, Michael DeVoe asks, who should we be most excited about this year? Um, you can kind of take your pick. Uh, I think players that I had highlighted before are the ones you'll probably want to keep an eye on. Jeremy, Batista, Eric Williamson, Foster Langsdorf. Um, it's hard to pick between those two right now. I'm leaning towards Batista and Williamson. How about you? Yeah, it's a, it's a big list though. It is. Yeah. It's a lot bigger than it was in 2017. I can tell you that much. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Isn't it's totally different. It's a totally different feel. I think we're just, it's almost wait and see still. So yeah. Okay. But but it's it's waiting and seeing who's going to earn MLS minutes this season as opposed to next season, whatever. I mean, I I don't know if anyone's going to. That's hard to tell. Again, the season's early. You know, they could have a complete and utter collapse and suck the rest of the season. Yeah. Although even if they lose every other game the rest of the season, they're still going to be better than they were in 2017, right? Yeah. Um, but anyway, so... Yeah, I mean, you can kind of take your pick, but like I, I'm going with Williamson and Batiste, the kind of cheating, giving you two players, but those are my two 
for right now. And that could change mm-hmm. as, as these players t- continue to develop and, and just getting to see that they are in fact developing. I haven't seen Derrickson play for more than five minutes. Maybe if he plays 45 minutes, I'm going to be like, Nope, screw everybody else. I'm team Derrickson. We'll have to see. Mm-hmm. Um, next question. Ben Stern asks, just remember to have a, a heart for us little guys who couldn't make it out to the game and also don't have ESPN plus and couldn't watch. So, Please describe the game in terms of style and sequences so we can get a good picture of play if we missed it. Um, I don't have time to go into more detail, unfortunately. Hopefully what we talked about, the game was enough. Um, As far as style, I mean, T2 were uh, huge, very heavy on the possession. Um, When they were playing well, they were pressing high causing RGV to make mistakes, um, turnovers where you want them to turn over. They, were, they, were, they very much play how I think Geo wants the first team to play but hasn't gotten there yet. It's kind of like it, it feels like they play a Geo's ideal type of type of game, um, and this, this is what the first team – it's kind of what, the first, what we want to see from the first team, uh, except that there obviously be better talent and you know maybe get them more goals. I don't really know. Um so hopefully that was enough. If it's not, I do apologize, but maybe we'll try to go get that in the future because as we discussed, not everybody can afford ESPN plus, not everybody can make it to the games. We all have different situations, of course. Um, and we will try to, um, try to, uh, accommodate that. If, you know, um, let's see, no other questions there, <laughs> but I do have two other questions on this other side. Um, all right. So where did those go? Here we go. So, Zach asks, um, what is T2 going to do for the rest of the season now that they've already fulfilled their three-win quota? <laughs> Hopefully win more win more games. I, I don't think – I think, uh, yes, fulfilling the three-win quota is good. How about this season we say they actually win more than five, right? Right. I'd like to see 16 <laughs> points this year. 16 <laughs> points, maybe five wins. That would be – 15 points and a draw. I mean, they're on their way to do that. Yeah. Give it yeah. to me. Give it to me. Yeah. If this, let's go for five. And then after that, we'll go for six and let's just take it one yeah. step at a time until we've, and until we've won like 30 games. <laughs> <laughs> um, will also ask who is good and who does RGV just make look good. Mm. <laughs> Williamson, well, as we have mentioned, is, is, is good. Legit. Good. Um, Batista is legitimately good. RGV, I don't think they made anyone look good um, because not, certainly not themselves, but yeah, not certainly themselves. But I don't think they made anyone on T two look specifically good. They definitely made T two earn the win um, again because T two had to score three goals. They had to play very well and absolutely dominate RGV in the second half to get that cushion. Um, RGV's PK was given up by Terrell Lowe who I think it was a very soft PK because the RGV player was skirting across the corner of the box, like away from goal, just crossing inside the corner, the, the corner and Terrell Lowe clips him, just barely clips him. And the ref's like, Oh, straight to the spot PK. And I'm like, well, whatever. I don't agree with it, but maybe I'm just being a Homer. Who knows? um so i think that is all the questions we've gotten if i've missed any i do apologize um keep sending them and we will try to answer them um as the season goes on since i'm who do we have there harry siri ben zach will john will john lots of lots of people i really appreciate like we have lots of listeners hey i've still got a handful of uh uh play the kids stickers um, I am, I, I am totally happy to send them out. Um, go ahead and at me on Twitter or Kevin or um, PTK podcast or PTK. PTK. And yeah, if you guys will, want stickers, let us know. We'll send them out. One yeah, of us will. I am so grateful that we have listeners. Um, and I will get these, uh, these stickers out to you. Yep. Um, so like we said, you, those are places you can find us. I am at K McCamish PDX. He is at Joshua R. Duter. We are at PTK podcast. You can also find me sometimes at Stumptown Footy. You can also find me sometimes at the USL Show. Um, that's all on Twitter. You can find myself online at www.stumptownfooty.com, www.playthekids.com. 
and because we are part of the beautiful game network at bgn.fm. Um, so don't forget to subscribe and also go and take a look at bgn.fm. We have a really um, amazing shows out there. I just want to make a shout out to uh, Woe Mongols. Um, they cover the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Mongols is the show uh, that also covers the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. They cover it from a male perspective. Woe Mongols covers it from a women's perspective. Um, so it's a fantastic, both of those are fantastic shows. Catch them both. But I, I love like the dichotomy that they have in them between those two shows, different perspectives. Absolutely fantastic. Football Foundry is also part of our network. Soccer Takes, Texas Soccer Radio. And we have a new edition that you absolutely must check out. I highly recommend it. It's called Backyard Footy. And it's hosted by current pro soccer player Hugh Roberts, who's on the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Uh, it's a podcast that he goes it gets in a behind-the-scenes look at being a professional soccer player. So absolutely check that one out. BGN.fm, um, tons and tons of shows on there now. Um, Backyard Footy is the one to look at. Uh, Hugh Roberts hosts. Again, Woe Mongols, Mongols, Football Foundry, Soccer Takes, Texas Soccer Radio, The USL Show, and, of course, Play the Kids. We're all out there. So take a look at all that stuff. And, of course, don't forget, Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves. Ruck, <laughs> Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. So be sure to get your custom scarves for your group or your team or yourself at roughneckscarves.com. And of course, thanks to Beautiful Game Network, where you can find us and all those other shows I talked about on playthekids.com. Don't forget to subscribe. Absolutely, absolutely appreciate everyone's support uh, for listening and just being generally good people. So thank you very much.